Welcome to the Gilmore Gals podcast. We are obviously amateurs, so please bear with us through the first few episodes as we were finding our footing. After that, we got proper mics and the sound quality improved drastically. Thanks for listening. Copper boom. Hello, dragonflies. Welcome to the Gilmore Gals podcast, where we take a deep dive into each episode of the beloved show. We're your hosts, Sarah and Ani. We're huge Gilmore Girls fans, and we're besties. In this podcast, we talk about everything Gilmore, from the pop culture references to the tiniest minutia only a true Gilmore nerd would care about. Copper boom! Hello, dragonflies! Welcome back. Today we're doing Season 1, Episode 2, The Lorelei's First Day at Chilton, written by Amy Sherman Palladino and directed by Arlene Sanford. The second episode of Gilmore Girls aired on October 12, 2000. It mostly follows Rory as she starts her first day at Chilton, a prestigious private school. The day has an inauspicious start and continues similarly, with both girls encountering some challenges throughout the day, from a malfunctioning alarm clock, to a wardrobe calamity, to a budding peer rivalry. All right, we're going to start with some fast facts. So the first one is kind of a deep dive rather than a fast fact. First things first, a correction. Last time, we said that Emily Kuroda, who plays Mrs. Kim, is Korean, but one of our listeners actually let us know that Kuroda is, in fact, Japanese-American. So a thank you to our listener, Tammy JC 96 And so, of course, after hearing that, which, you know, we should have looked up before the first episode, but didn't think to, uh, I had to look into Emily Kuroda, and I found out she was born in Fresno, California. She attended Cal State Fresno. She's now 70 70 years old if you can believe that and she has been an actor since 1982 her middle name funnily enough is actually keiko just like you know the chick who plays her daughter and um, she's done a bunch of films she's done a lot of theater a ton of tv shows and most notably for me an episode of matlock do you remember that show (laughs) i remember that show yeah I loved that. I was a very strange child and I loved that show. <laughs> he was comforting. He was like a nice old grandpa. Anyway, so she was on an episode of that. And the reason that both she and Keiko Ajena, who is also Japanese American, were playing Korean people rather than Japanese is because of Helen Pai, who is the show's producer. And she's also Amy Sherman Palladino's best friend. And now Pai is Korean, and Emily Kuroda has said in an interview that the Kim story is actually Helen Pai's story that she's telling there. So, and it actually turns out that Pai's mom was on set as a Korean advisor, and she helped the women with their lines to make sure they sounded, you know, correct in Korean. That's really cool. Thank you for doing that. And also, I don't know if you knew this, Helen Pai, if you rearrange the letters, spells Hep Alien, which is the name of the band. Wow. Uh-huh. That was not an accident. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. All right. Well, next up, um, turns out Liza Wheel, who plays the formidable Paris Geller, originally auditioned for the role of Rory. And Amy Sherman Palladino loved her so much that she actually created the role of Paris for her. Isn't that amazing? I can't imagine the show without Paris. No. It would be yeah. very different. <laughs> and she's just, Liza Wheel is so, she's so funny. Like she mm-hmm. cracks me up. Have you seen her in other things? She was on that one show. She was in um, How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. Yes. How was she in that? She was very good in that. Was um, it a funny very... role? No. 
very dark, um, very heavy. Um, she was very damaged in that, but she oh, was very, dear. very good. Yeah. <laughs> so she can do comedic and, like, and super dramatic. Wow. Mm-hmm. She's neat. Yep. Okay. Well, moving on, the next fast fact. In the scene where Rory is yelling out the time at her mom because they're running late, like at the beginning of the show. She's going, it's 7.15, it's 7.16. And then Lorelai calls her the time lady, which I was like, what is time lady? What does that mean? Um, it's a reference to the phone number you can call to get the exact time. Now, this is something people used to do back in the day before You've the internet. you never heard of the time lady? I didn't know she was called the time lady. I was like, what is she talking about? But I remember calling that number as a kid just because I thought yeah. it was funny. But like, yeah, I looked it up. I couldn't find the correct number to call because there's all kinds of information on the internet now. But um, I remember doing this back in the day and people apparently still use it. Like it's still a thing. So if any of our listeners find that number or figure out what it is, please let us know. God, I remember I used to call that number all the time too. I don't know why. It was just cool. Do you remember calling? I don't know if you did this in Buchanan, but we used to call the movie theater to find out the play times. Mm-hmm. Of, the, yeah. of the movies oh yep. my god we're so old and instead of like I don't know why like instead of looking at the newspaper which would have had it too but like we would call and then you'd have to sit through the entire thing to wait for the movie you wanted to watch mm-hmm. and then sit and listen through all the oh my god the world was so just ineffective when we were young <laughs> It's so amazing to me how much has changed in the last like 20, 25 years. Like it's a completely different world. It is. I can't live without my phone. And I know I'm not alone in this, but I literally like, I feel withdrawal pains if it's in the other room. (laughs) It's so sad. It's like a new addiction. All right, moving on. Episode two opens with Lorelai painting Rory's toes in preparation for her first day at Chilton. Rory doesn't see the point in having her toes painted when she'll be wearing shoes. But Lorelai tells her, okay, but everyone knows that private school girls are bad and bad girls always wear red nail polish. What do you think about that? I thought it was pretty funny. I wear red nail polish. I'm not a bad girl. I've never well, really then... been a red nail polish person, so. Oh, no? <laughs> but I'm not prejudiced against people who wear red nail polish. <laughs> it's not a hooker color anymore. No. Um, so like back in the day when I was, when we were young, you know, again, this is, this is going to be a very reminiscing episode apparently. So like there was a time when we were kids, when it started to become fashionable to wear bright colors, like blue on your nails, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Blue, green, bright things like that. And I remember my mother was so against it. She thought it was just garish and just inappropriate for a small, you know, for a young girl. And I was like, seriously, mom, it's nail polish. Seriously, seriously. She also wouldn't let me dye my hair any weird colors. I was 18 <laughs> before I did that, right? Yeah. So weird. How about you? Were you allowed to? Um, I don't think so. I, nail polish wise, yeah, I had like a ton of colors. Um, But hair, I don't think so. And I don't know that I ever really wanted to that much. Hmm. Um, just because my hair color is so different. Um, That's true. Yeah. That is true. And your hair color is so vibrant. You didn't yeah. need to dye it. Right. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Oh, a blur that we realize as Lane enters, excited about a new XTC CD, and Lorelai drops Rory like a bad habit, to which Rory complains, but you only finished half my toes. And Lorelai responds with, who cares? You're going to be wearing shoes anyway. 
I thought that was so funny. I loved it. <laughs> She's so like flaky sometimes. It drives me nuts. Even though I really identify with Lorelai, you know. Mm -hmm. She's just like, I like, I would not have left the toes half painted. Like I could never do that. It's I'm, I'm too OCD for that. By the way, moving back a little bit, XTC, are you familiar with the band? I am not. Ah, they're a good band. Something to check out. So in the next scene, Rory bursts into Lorelai's bedroom, furious that Lorelai overslept and Rory will be late for her first day of school. Lorelai is distraught that her fuzzy alarm didn't go off on time and starts listing off the plans that she had for the morning including picking up her laundry from the dry cleaners. And she realizes then that all of her nice clothes are dirty, leaving her to dress in cutoff shorts, a tie-dye shirt, and cowboy boots. Now, she really didn't have anything else clean that she could have worn for this. I'm like, a pair of long jeans, maybe? Like regular, right. you know? <laughs> and then when, she go, when you see her later with her dry cleaning, she's only holding a handful of things. Right. And we see her closet. We know there's plenty of clothes in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. very strange. But I guess, you know, poetic license or whatever. So this scene here features my my favorite quote of the episode, right? She says, this is the last time I buy anything just because it's furry. <laughs> I was just thinking, my, oh my, the number of things that I have bought in my lifetime just because they're furry. So many, okay, we're talking slippers, which is typical, right? But then like pillows, a purse, a picture frame. I I've had so many furry things, um, but never an alarm clock though. I've never really, like glitter and sparkle, yes, but furry, not so much. <laughs> Maybe that's because, you know, I have three cats and, you know, I've had pets my whole life. So I've had enough fur. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. Um, okay. So my husband has seen bits and pieces of episodes here and there throughout the years, um, but he is finally watching it all the way through for the first time. With Yay! Me. Yay! <laughs> and he's a pretty funny guy um, and he always has some things to say. So I will share my key anecdotes throughout. Um, and first up, and I don't remember if this is happening in the flurry of them getting ready or if this happens a little bit later on, but we notice this horrifying clown pillow in the girl's living room. And he says, well, first of all, I would burn the shit out of that clown pillow. I have thought that so many times. It's horrifying. It is horrifying. It, it's so, it's not just ugly, it's scary looking. Do you guys know what we're talking about? I wonder if anybody has any <laughs> opinions about this. Maybe I'll, I'll, take a, I'll take a screenshot and I can post yeah. it on my socials. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't know if it's just because I personally don't like clowns, like I find them freakish, or is that just kind of a generic thing? Who, I mean, I don't know anybody who does like clowns. Ryan does. <laughs> It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> My husband, of course, he likes creepy things. I well, I think he appreciates the artistry behind it, but all I can see is it. That's all I see. Mm -hmm. I just see monster, monster clown. All right, moving on. <laughs> okay, in the next scene, the girls arrive at Chilton and discover it looks a lot more intimidating than either of them remembered. They say, I remember it being smaller and less off with their heads. And then Lorelai tells Rory, okay, this is my thing here. Lorelai tells Rory, she's an amazing kid. I have to bring this up. Does anyone else notice how Lorelai pronounces her Z's? It's, it's kind of funny. Did you ever notice this, Sarah? I did not. She says amazing. Like she makes like a zh sound. <laughs> Pay attention next time you watch it. You're going to okay, hear it forevermore. Yeah. 
from now until the end of the series, anytime she says amazing, it's amazing. Like weird like that. Do you hear the difference? I do. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll have to I'll have to check it out. I'm just a weirdo when it comes to things. So anyway, then Rory forces Lorelai to enter the school with her so they can go speak with the headmaster because you know it's her first day. This is, of course, against Lorelai's objections because she says she looks like, quote, that chick from the Dukes of Hazard. That <laughs> chick, of course, being Daisy Duke, the namesake of the short shorts. You know, I gotta admit, I've never seen the show, the old show. Did you ever watch it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was really? like, I loved that show when I was a little kid. I thought um, it predated us. Did you watch it on like Nick at Night or something? When we're no, no. I mean, because I think it was on like in the early 80s. Like I was little when I watched it. Um, but yeah I I don't know how well it would hold up now no um, especially you know with the car with the confederate flag on it but um, oh my god are you serious yeah yeah but generally yeah yep it had a it had a confederate flag oh dear Mm -hmm. oh no that no that's not good no no okay well and also wasn't the chick just like constantly being like objectified I probably I I don't I mean I I was like I said I was little so I don't remember much about it but I remember watching the show and, oh, and I remember liking it but again that was through the lens of a you know five or six year old. <laughs> yeah. wow okay cool well um let's see then a Chilton dad who looks way too old for Lorelai helps direct them to the headmaster's office and then promptly flirts with Lorelai of course another Mikey anecdote here is she actually interested in him? To which I replied, oh, honey, it gets worse. I think we can all agree that Lorelai does not have very good taste in men, <laughs> except for Luke. Except for Luke. Yeah, I don't know. She's, uh, I think she has pretty high self-esteem, but for some reason she just chooses these guys that are like, oh, Lord. Mm. Anyway, if I were Rory, personally, at this point, I would be having an aneurysm about how much time these two people are wasting here chatting with each other. I hate being late to things. I feel like if you're not five minutes early to something, you're late. You know how I am about being late. I get mm. so anxious. <laughs> I think it's because we're both a little crazy. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it like when I'm freaking out about being late and you're like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I think that's just like my natural like if someone else is freaking out I I go into like everything's okay mode you know to like help calm them down but if someone else is calm I'm the one who's freaking out we're we're a good balance I guess yeah I think so because I think I I feel like I've tried to calm you uh, you know on occasion too so. I'm I'm sure of that <laughs> <laughs> all right well next up Rory and Lorelai enter the headmaster's office so the headmaster is played by um, Dakin Matthews, and the character is Hamlin Charleston. Um, Dakin Matthews is not only a character actor, you've probably seen him in a million different shows, but he's also a playwright and a theatrical scholar, and he taught drama at Juilliard. Oh, fascinating. Mm -hmm. As they enter the office, they discover Emily is there. Turns out she and Richard are old friends with headmaster Charleston and his wife, Biddy. What is Biddy short for? That was Biddy. my question. <laughs> In a later Biddy? episode, they say Biddy Bidster about like some old ladies, <laughs> but I don't think that's what this means. <laughs> so I, my guess, my educated guess is Elizabeth. That makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. I think so. So I had to, of course, I had to do a deep dive on the name Elizabeth. Um, so here we go. It has its origins in the Old Testament. She was the wife of Aaron, who was the brother of Moses. 
And in Hebrew, the name means God is my oath. It's pronounced Elisheba. I think that's right in Hebrew. It has a ton of variations in many different languages, such as, for example, Isabella in Italian or Isabel in Spanish. And in Hawaiian, it turns out Elikapeka. I'm totally saying that wrong, but that's how it's spelled in Hawaiian. Elizabeth in English has an insane number of nicknames. Lizzie, Liz, Eliza, Elsabet, Beth, Betty, Bess, and Lilibet, which is what the uh, recently deceased queen of England was affectionately known by her family. And now and the princess, a- right? Yes, yeah. And um, Harry and Meghan named their daughter Lilibet. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And there's a bunch more, but curiously, Babette is also on Babette. the list. Like Babette Dell. And it also happens to be my middle name. Elizabeth. Did you ever want to go by Elizabeth? I remember for a time I wanted to go by Sarah Beth. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. That's so Midwestern. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Emily insists that Lorelai take off her coat. And she says, you don't want Hanlon to think you're rude. So Lorelai reluctantly takes it off and reveals her embarrassing outfit. And I personally think it's ridiculous the way that Emily treats Lorelai here. Like she's she's an adult. She's been deciding whether or not to take off a coat for at least a few years now. And I'm curious, what's rude about keeping your coat on exactly? I would like to think that if this happened to me, I'd just be like, no, thanks, mom. I'm going to keep my coat on. Let's move on, guys. Yeah. Um, and we see Lorelai tends to ramble when she's nervous and you all may notice that I ramble a lot too so that is definitely something that I can very much relate to (laughs) Um, and in her rambling Lorelai compares Rory to a Honda because she's so reliable and talks about naming Rory after herself because she was whacked out on Demerol when she was in labor and you know at some point in the series Lorelai actually says to Luke you know my babbling capabilities are endless (laughs) <laughs> which is we see many times is true there, I think it had to do with that one time where she needed Luke to watch her dog and she goes oh. off on like a, a ramble of like at least a minute long and he just watches <laughs> her do it and he goes like I just wanted to see how long he could go <laughs> <laughs> all right so Emily and Lorelai leave the office but not before Emily can get in a humiliating comment she says do you need a ride or is your horse parked outside Emily begins to tear into Lorelai over her outfit choice. Like, she's proud of the way she looks. I feel like she's being a little harsh. Obviously, Mm. she wouldn't have knowingly dressed like that Mm. if she knew she was going to be meeting the headmaster. Lorelai's understandably annoyed that her mother is there at all, which triggers Emily to start going on and on about how she is paying for Rory's schooling. So, obviously, she was going to be there on the first day. Obviously, any opportunity to remind Lorelai of their Faustian bargain, which is dinner Friday night, no spurs, please. Mm-hmm. I just, this woman, she's so impossible. She reminds me of someone. I can't quite put my finger on it, but. <laughs> so Rory and Headmaster Charleston are still in his office and he's looking at her paperwork and her records. And he asks Rory what she wants to be when she grows up, essentially. And we learn that Rory's dream is to be Christiane Amanpour. In other words, a foreign correspondent. She wants to travel, see the world up close, report on what's really going on, be a part of something big. Which I think for a young girl is an amazing goal in life, right? Yeah, definitely. 
she's very mature at this point in her life she's very mature then when she turns 30 she becomes an idiot and i don't know what happens but anyway the headmaster at this point makes it very clear that his friendship with her grandparents will not be providing her any benefits he tells her you may have been the smartest girl at stars hollow but this is a different place I felt like he was being super harsh. I mean, he mm. literally tells her, there's a good chance that you will fail. Right? And I, I mean, she's she's a child. It's a school. <laughs> like, settle down. Yeah. I think, well, I think what he might have been doing was managing expectations. Because, like, I went to a regular public school, right? And it was the most stressful time of my life. It was so much more stressful and more difficult than college was in terms of, like, the amount of pressure that I felt. I can't even imagine if I'd gone to like a like a stuffy prep school like Chilton the amount of I would have had an aneurysm I would have just I don't know that I would have <laughs> survived that you know what I mean and then I just wanted to add as an aside um while Charleston is interrogating Rory he asked her he asked her if she wouldn't rather be one of the women from the view the view <laughs> you know that show that's still on it's been on less less Sarah it has been on since 1997 i remember when it started do you remember when it started i think so vaguely i mean i was probably what 13 at the time or so but oh my god 97 did i do that math right i can't do math but anyway yeah, yeah. That, that's 25 years sarah that that show has been on can you imagine if there's anything well i think maybe like gray's anatomy is approaching that but yeah <laughs> But that's a scripted show, which is even which is yeah. even crazier, I think. It is. I'm trying to think, what was I doing in 1997? Holy crap, The View. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> I thought that that was crazy. And there's a few other things, like, I don't know if it's in this episode or other ones, but stuff that they mention, cultural references that are still a thing today, which mm -hmm. I find very odd. It's been like, how long has it been? 23 years since the show aired or premiered? Yeah. Yeah. 23 years, 2000 all right well next up we meet paris and her sidekicks madeline and louise who get rory's file from a friend to do some recon on her and when they see that she's from stars hollow louise asks where where that is and paris goes drive west make a left at the haystacks and follow the cows <laughs> so this is the start of a long time runner where paris makes fun of rory's hometown as though it were some hick backwater yeah which coming from a town like that yeah do you get that from people they think you're a hick <laughs> well i mean the whole area is very rural um where i grew up so really i guess everybody was you know was a hick at that point <laughs> i don't you know. say that the big town the next big town was like maybe it had like eight thousand people or something like that yeah i guess the next like so like if we wanted to go to the city we would go to chicago which was an hour and a half away um but closer than that uh i guess south bend would probably have been the closest like big city and that was like you know a proper big city like that's where university of notre dame is um you would have to go you know 15 30 minutes to get to any kind of real civilization really i think so I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but like, you remember A League of Their Own? Mm -hmm. Wasn't it Rockford, Kenosha, Racine, and wasn't South Bend one of them? South Bend was one of them, yes. Oh, yay! I know a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and actually, movie. it was, I did too, and I, um, 
shortly after it came out in a museum in South Bend, they actually had an exhibit um, for the Women's League and my grandparents mm -hmm. took me and it was really, really neat to oh see. Gosh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with that movie. I've probably watched it 500 times. No joke. It's same, same. <laughs> so good. A good movie. It, felt, it felt very empowering at a time when movies didn't really do that for women a lot. You know? Yeah. Moving on. Uh, we also find out that Rory is a journalism major, which means she'll probably be going out for the school newspaper, The Franklin. Paris is not happy to have a new student who she perceives as a threat. Quote, new students just take up space and screw up the curve. Here's a question. She says that she's going to be a journalism major, right? And I'm like, wait a second, do prep schools make kids have a major or is it just showing what like her future college major is going to be? Like how on earth could you know what your major is going to be as a high school sophomore? I know I thought the same thing. I mean, look at me. I just graduated last year. So like from, <laughs> from college, not high school. Yeah, right. um, so like, I didn't know what I wanted to be till I was like 30. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To be half that age and have to have your like life plan figured out. I, it's yeah. beyond me it seems very strange but again we didn't neither one of us went to a prep school so maybe that's just how how yeah. they do that maybe someone who's listening maybe went to a prep school or maybe someone who's european or something knows about this <laughs> maybe they make you choose a major when you're a kid i don't know if there are any listeners out there who have in fact gone to prep school or have any kind of experience with high pressure high schools let us know yeah so the administrator is speaking about 200 miles an hour and you can just tell that poor Rory is so overwhelmed yeah, and that lady was not very friendly and no, then she, she tells not. her she goes okay the words to the school song must be recited on demand like or what do they give you a demerit do they you know I, I can't even imagine what would you do with that and I only like I was in the school choir which is the only reason I even knew that my school had a school song and I knew all the words to it but most people didn't even know that yeah, same here. And I don't even remember it now. Oh, you don't? I totally know mine. <laughs> I, I remember part of it. Okay, what's what's your school song? I'm going to sing it. Are you crazy? <laughs> All right, it fine. Actually, it was actually really pretty, though. Like, it was four-part harmony. It was really nice. Oh, wow, nice. <laughs> um, okay, next up, Lorelai enters Luke's in desperate need of caffeine. She says... I already had the longest day of my life. And, oh, look, it's only 10 o'clock. How nice. <laughs> and Luke, of course, gives her a hard time about her ridiculous outfit. And then when Lorelai passes by Miss Patty's dance studio, some of the same, Miss Patty also gives her a hard time. She goes, isn't today Rory's first day at Chilton? Is that what you wore? <laughs> <laughs> my question was, why is she having little girls in dance class during what's obviously school time? Yeah, unless they're really little. I didn't pay attention to the girls, but like maybe they're preschool age. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that could be. They were little. I cuz I thought they would maybe be like kindergarten first grade-ish, but yeah, mm. maybe they're maybe it's a preschool. But yeah, I just thought that was thought Yeah, that, was that could be a like a continuity error like they didn't think about time of day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the other question I had was where did Lorelai just come from with that dry cleaning in her hands? Because if you recall, when we went to go visit the town, there's mm -hmm. there's nothing really near Miss Patty's. Uh, there's like a park on one side. But I did remember that the building that's on the other side of it, they never really show anything there. Like they never film anything there. So maybe we're supposed to just assume it's there. I don't know. Because she didn't have it when she was in loops, right? 
I think so. Right. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to intrigue. We'll have to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Then finally, Lorelai arrives home with her mountains of dry cleaning. She's having to hold her coffee that she got from Luke's with her chin against the clothes. And there's no way that she doesn't burn her face with that coffee. You mean like through the little hole? Yeah. Or that coffee would have spilled if there was actual coffee in there. Yeah. If, if it yeah, there's no way. Yeah, th- that cup is definitely 100% empty. It would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Emily calls and wants to buy a bunch of Chilton swag for Rory to Lorelai's annoyance. I feel like the assumption is here that either Lorelai is too flaky and she forgot to buy the stuff, right? Or that she couldn't afford to get her all the stuff that Emily wants her to have. Yeah. I... I, I can kind of see because like my grandma I think was kind of always like that too like you know helping out and always wanting to make sure but your grandma um, was so, sweet <laughs> yeah well I was going to say I think that um you know maybe there is some of that that you know she is excited for Rory you know mm. I think that we see them put a lot of the hopes that they had had for Lorelai onto Rory the Absolutely. grandparents and um, so I think maybe this is kind of the beginning of that. But yes, I do also think that there is some, you know, like snarkiness and like, you know, oh, well, she needs a different skirt for every day of the week, you know. Yes. Um, um, and then when Lorelai informs Emily that she did take care of all that, that she had gotten Rory two skirts and a bunch of tops. Yeah, Emily goes, yeah. but there are five days in the school week. And Lorelai says, really? Are you sure? Because my days of the week underwear only go to Thursday. To which Emily goes, is that is that a joke? And this is not the last time that Emily asks her that exact question in the series, along with others in a similar vein, because she doesn't understand Lorelai's sense of humor. And she's she calls it off-putting. And she, you know, this is sort of a, a runner throughout the show. She just doesn't understand her. And by the way, I totally had days of the week underwear. Did you? I don't think so. <laughs> That's so funny. So cute. I asked my husband if he did, and he's like, I think that was a girl thing. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I'm curious if we have any male listeners, please let us know. Did you guys have, you know, days of the week underwear? I mean, what was the purpose of it? I like, do people really forget to change their underwear? (laughs) I don't know. I think it was just cute. I, I don't know. And of course, I never wore the correct day. Like, I didn't care. I just grabbed whatever underwear I grabbed. (laughs) You know, (laughs) was it meant to help you keep track? Like, when was the last time I showered? Oh, look at my underwear. I don't know. Well, you could look at at this as Emily wanting to make sure that Rory has everything she needs and then some. Rory should have these things. She'll be the only one who doesn't. Lorelai replies, well, she'll live. And I think that this is Lorelai trying to prevent Rory from growing up like a, a spoiled, entitled rich kid. You know, she's trying to keep her down to earth and like a like a regular person. Mm-hmm. And Emily has no idea where Lorelai is coming from in that regard. She says she's getting Rory a coat and Lorelai tells her to buy one on the big side so that Rory can grow into it. This is what most people of modest incomes do. And Emily just like flippantly responds, well, if she grows, I'll buy another. Like it's the most obvious thing in the world. It was so snotty too, the way she said it. I was just like, ugh. And All what right. bugs me well, too then... is just like the the constant like it, she just makes assumptions about Lorelai's life and just kind of intrudes and doesn't ask permission and doesn't you know what I mean that kind of thing. Yeah, like she thinks she knows what's best. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, in the next scene, we see Rory in a class with Paris and her buddies. And we see what a know-it-all Paris is, answering every question like a less charming Hermione. <laughs> and we meet Tristan Dugray, who's played by Chad Michael Murray, who went on to star in, I believe, 87 or so other WB and CW shows. Tristan says, looks like we've got ourselves a Mary, which we later learn is a reference to the Virgin Mary. Chad Michael Murray will be starring in a new CW show this fall called Sullivan's Crossing, which is right now a Canadian show, but it's going to be brought to the U.S. by the CW. And it's also going to be starring Scott Patterson, who we all know and love as Luke. And a synopsis that I was able to find of the show um, just said that a neurosurgeon experiences legal troubles and retreats to her estranged father's campground in Nova Scotia. Now, I believe mm -hmm. that the estranged father is Scott Patterson. And then I'm assuming Chad Michael Murray will be a potential love interest. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Sounds interesting. I might check it out. Nice. And he is roughly our age. Like, I think he's maybe a year older than me. So about 40. So I... I don't think this is going to be like a, what is the idea? Like, like a high school fling type show. You know what I mean? Like this, right. is, this is clearly an adult show, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So then the teacher, um, Dr. Flox, he gives Rory a ton of work that she's behind on already. Cause she's, she started the school a month late and he informs her that she'll be having an exam on everything, uh, in a week. And I, I mean, the pile of stuff he gives her, I would have had a panic attack right then and there. I know. And again, I was like, isn't this a high school? Like, I understand, you know, that it's, it's a prep school and the expectations are much higher. But to give a girl one week to catch up on an entire month, that just seems mm -hmm. a, a yeah. little much. And it's just one class. She's got a bunch of classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ex that, yeah, exactly. Like if every teacher does that to her, like, I, yeah. I don't know how she looks at it. In the hallway, Rory meets Paris, who proceeds to grill her about whether or not she's going to be joining the paper, and makes it clear that she is the alpha at the school. And Paris says to her, you'll never catch up. You'll never beat me. If I were Rory, I'd be over here like, okay, crazy lady, I don't care. Go away now. <laughs> she's like attacks, or she like accosts her to tell her that I love about Rory that she's so strong that she isn't cowed at all. You don't see her cower at all. Yeah, I would have been in the bathroom sobbing by this point oh, of the day. Oh, sad. You know what? I think I probably would have too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's so mean. And like, no one's yeah. been nice to her, you know? Nobody so. has been nice to her. Yeah. You can tell, like, you can see like all over her face. Like, she's like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're back at the Independence Inn's kitchen and we meet Jackson Belleville, the produce farmer who supplies the inn with their produce. Suki has a band-aid on her arm and at least two fingers, which continue the runner of Suki being accident prone. We see the first playful banter between Suki and Jackson as Suki is looking for the perfect peaches and in the process destroying most of <laughs> most of his crop. He's like, can you leave me some that aren't damaged? And I just think these two have such good chemistry and they're so cute. They are so cute. Um, Lorelai enters finally in the cute suit that she had planned on wearing to take Rory to Chilton. Like a proper grown-up. <laughs> in the lobby, an elderly woman stops Michelle to ask where they can find the best antiques. And Michelle responds with one of his many amazing comebacks and my favorite quote of this episode. At your house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
on Scott Patterson's podcast, I Am All In, Yannick Truesdale, who plays Michelle, says that was one of his favorite lines in the whole series. Wow. In the first season. And he's got mm-hmm. a lot of good ones. He does have a lot of good ones. Well, now Lorelai is dealing with her mother on the phone again, who is now insinuating that she'll be buying Rory a car for her upcoming 16th birthday which is insane. And Lorelai explains that, you know, Rory doesn't need a car because she's going to be taking the bus. And Emily responds, I hate that she takes the bus. Drug dealers take the bus. (laughs) So bad. The worst. (laughs) Did you get a car when you turned 16? I did, but it was very used and, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't spend a lot of money on it. You know, they weren't going to buy me like a brand new car. Yeah. Like they, like, like Emily would have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my my first car was a 1986 Buick Park Avenue. That thing was a boat. Those are huge. huge. It was huge. (laughs) That's so funny. Mine was a 1993 Mazda Protégé. And uh, my name for it was Bing, as in Chandler Bing. Yes, (laughs) that's what I called my car. (laughs) It was adorable. You know what it had? It had one of those electric, um, what do they call them? Uh, The the buckles, like the seat belt that is electric. And it just kind of, when the door closes, it. It, yeah the you know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know why those went out of i'm guessing they weren't very effective maybe that's why they went out of practice but they don't really exist anymore right no i don't think so i mean i haven't had a new car in a long time but um <laughs> yeah i haven't seen them in a very long time yeah it was probably not the safest but i loved that car it was a good car i got um the fuzzy dice of course you know <laughs> of furry. Course. Um, and then I got the little hula dancer for the dashboard because I felt like those were two things you had to have in a car. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> Tristan catches up to Rory in a hall and he introduces himself and calls her Mary. And of course, Rory corrects him. Uh, my name's Rory, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Tristan offers his notes to Rory. And at first she's relieved to find what she thinks is a friendly person for once at the, at the school. But she quickly realizes that he has expectations to this note sharing. Yeah, it's kind of sleazy. Very sleazy. Yeah. And he's just such a, I don't, I'm not a fan of Tristan. He's such a smarmy guy. Like, he's so like, hey, baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So cheesy. Anyway, he calls her Mary again as he walks away, like he has some kind of learning impairment. And she corrects him again. And the reason we keep pointing this out is because her growing frustration with him calling her Mary is going to become relevant in episode four of this season. We're back at the inn and we see the dad from earlier has come to see Lorelai and ask her out, but she declines not wanting to get involved with a father from Rory's school. This dude, uh, it seems like a theme, doesn't take no for an answer from her. And he tells her that he's traveling. And then when he comes back, he's going to try again barf this reminds me of the saying you know the saying no is a complete sentence Mm -hmm. like we shouldn't have to be so careful about saying no we shouldn't have to be so damn polite especially when a guy doesn't seem to accept your very clear answer yeah she definitely made it very clear that I don't want to get involved with any dads from Rory's school which you know I commend her for Uh but he was just like you know and then trying to impress her oh i'm going to china you know like yeah (laughs) all right then back to drella who's playing the harp to a captive audience and she just stops abruptly and declares that's lunch and walks away 
<laughs> and everyone's like, huh? What? Yeah. And everybody's confused. <laughs> and this actually reminded me of a time when I was working for my old company and I was speaking to someone and I had to put them on hold for something. And I went and I was talking to my manager about whatever it was that I had put the person on hold. Well, while this is all happening, it becomes time for my lunch. And I had completely forgotten that I had this person on hold and I went to lunch. <laughs> well, yeah. I, came back, I came back and they were like, um, do you know that you left somebody on hold? And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so bad. If you were like priorities, people, it was time for lunch. All right. Right. <laughs> Did you get in trouble? I didn't actually. Oh, yeah. They, they were like, what, you know, and I was like, no, oh my gosh. And then I felt like really bad. And they were like, it's okay. We covered for you, you know? Oh, so God. yeah, that sounds like something I would do too. <laughs> <laughs> Rory, poor thing is not having a very good first day. No, she struggles with her locker pulling and, and pulling on it and slipping. And that causes her to crash into Paris and destroy a very big, very important project. And Paris, being Paris, and having absolutely no ability to regulate her emotions, immediately gets furious with Rory rather than, you know, taking a breath, accepting Rory's apology for what was clearly an accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rory finds out her next class is with Paris, which makes the matter worse. She walks into the classroom, and on top of finding out that Paris is in this class, Tristan is there, and he calls her Mary again. Ugh. Rory tries to make it right with the teacher, explaining why Paris doesn't have her projects. I don't understand why Paris just left it all in the hallway for the janitorial staff to deal with. Like, why didn't she walk into the class holding the completed but broken project and then explain what happened? I know I I was thinking the same thing like I mean I understand you know Chilton is you know very prestigious and, and very strict but I mean obviously she had it like that would be proof right there mm -hmm. um I I also was upset at how like you said how mean Paris was to mm -hmm. Rory when it was obviously a mistake and you could tell that Rory felt really bad and she wants to help her um and in fact the teacher gives Rory and Paris until the next day to redo the project but Paris wants nothing to do with Rory and she refuses any any help because she's a psycho <laughs> <laughs> And the teacher is a pain in the ass, too, over her name. Is it, it, She says something like, is your name Lorelai or Rory? Like, how complicated yeah. is it that someone has a legal name and a nickname? Right. You know, I've, I've been in many classes and they the teachers will be like, you know, if there's something you prefer to be called, let me know. Uh-huh. That's I don't the story understand. of my entire life. I always, like, my name is Anna. I never went by that ever mm -hmm. my entire life and nobody ever gave me crap well no wait my junior year language arts teacher gave me crap about it because he was a smart ass I loved him but he was a smart ass he said something like um your nickname is longer than your real name huh that's weird <laughs> or something like that and I'm like okay it's Spanish it's a diminutive thank you <laughs> he made me feel very dumb but I loved him <laughs> I'm curious have you ever had to be the new kid I have actually. Um, we moved from one small town to another small town the summer before sixth grade. 
However, I was very lucky because um, in, in Buchanan, in that town at the time, there were three elementary schools and one middle school. So I really started at a good time because no one knew exactly who was new because, you know, a third of all of the students or two thirds of the, all the students were new to you. So that made it a little bit easier, but I still didn't know anybody at all. Yikes. And how was that for you? Pretty quickly, I, I made a friend. Her name is Clarissa. And um, we're still friends, you know, to this day. And and I, I remember it was in music class and we had to find a partner. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know anybody. And she just came right up to me and was like, hey, you want to be partners? And Aww. yeah, and I, I really appreciated that. So thanks, Clarissa. That's so sweet. Well, my story of moving, um, I was in fourth grade. We decided to move in the middle of the school year. So it was like December. And so I went from, <laughs> I went from being in a class with a bunch of, let's call them average kids to a class that was entirely comprised of gate kids. So it was called gifted and talented education. Could it sound more pretentious? And so <laughs> normally gate was like a program that kids got pulled out of class for. But at this school that I went to, the entire class was composed of gate kids. And so they were all super brainy nerds. Right. And here I am like brand new to the school. I don't know anybody. The workload increased so much from my fourth grade class to this new class. And the um the curriculum was much more challenging and so it was this whole other level of stress and then there was this chick not gonna say her name but she was a total bitch she was we were like nine years old and oh she was gosh. like evil she was so mean to me it was her mission in life to make me miserable <laughs> and you had a paris a, i had a paris oh my god i didn't even put it together i had a paris and I think part of it was um, competition because I was smarter than I thought I was, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I was challenging her. She was the brain of the class of all those brainiacs. She was the brain. And so, yeah, she was super, super mean. But um, I discovered that when we did social studies, because you know how you do different mm -hmm. topics in the one class, um, when we switched to social studies, she suddenly became much more pleasant. And I never figured out why. But all the other subjects, she was a total raging bitch. And social studies, she was nice. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Um, so Lorelai um, walks past Ms. Patty's again. And we hear her saying to her students, walk smooth. That's the new Harry Potter on your heads. If they should drop, Harry will die. And there won't be any more books. <laughs> I love that. Ms. Patty. So the book she's referencing there is the recently released Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which is book four, which was simultaneously released in the UK and the US on July 8th of the year 2000. Oh, thank you for that. I was wondering which Harry Potter book it would have been. I had to look it up. <laughs> My little brother and I, we used to go to like the midnight madness at like the bookstores and like you know, wait for the books to come out. And Gosh, it was really? really cool. They would have like, um, like games and, you know, some of the kids would dress up and oh, um, wow. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, both Miss Patty and Luke make a comment that Lorelai's current outfit is what she should have worn in the morning. No, duh. <laughs> like, oh, really? Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't have figured that out. And at Luke's, Lorelai is telling Luke about her day and mentions that a dad at the school asked her out. 
And Luke's reaction suggests that he's not fond of this idea. And he's relieved when he finds out that they're not going out after all. I thought that scene was so cute. It's like the first little hint that you get, you know, Mm -hmm. that he might be interested. And she picks up on it. Yeah. um, Which we'll get to later. Um, So while she's at Luke's, she gets a phone call and Luke points to the famous no cell phone sign on the Mm -hmm. wall and Lorelai rushes out, but not before trying to pay. Now, if you remember in our last episode, we mentioned how the girls never pay for food in almost any of the episodes ever. But yeah. in this one, she tried to. They they definitely leave off doing that within the first season, I think. Mm-hmm. So Lorelai, the phone call she got, she it made her race back home. And we meet her neighbors, Babette and Maury Dow, who are played by the amazing Sally Struthers and Ted Rooney. These two are so cute together. They have amazing chemistry. And the fact that she's super tiny and he's so tall and she's like a loud mouth and he barely utters 15 words throughout the course of the entire series. I just love them. They're so lovely. I, I love them too. They're, they're definitely up there in some of my top favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And of course, Sally Struthers is best known for her role on the 1970s sitcom All in the Family, or where I was first introduced to her as Rebecca in Tailspin, the early 90s Disney afternoon cartoon. Did you ever watch that? (laughs) You know, I caught a few episodes here and there, but I I wasn't that into Tailspin, but I did watch All in the Family. Okay. Oh, see, I never watched All in the Family. It's a fantastic show and it's hilarious. It is so funny the the main character the guy archie bunker played by oh i don't know his name something o'carroll carol o'connor carol o'connor something o'connor anyway the point is he was so funny and in real life he was super super like liberal um but on the show he played this curmudgeon who was super racist and like old-fashioned it was just hilarious it was such i would highly recommend it i think it holds up even now Okay. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to check it out. It's one that I've been meaning to. I just haven't haven't, haven't had a chance to, to check it out yet. Oh, and you know who plays Sally Struthers husband on that show? Is that uh, Rob Reiner? Yes. Yeah. A very young Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so good on that. Oh my God. He's very so funny. Cool. So it turns out that this emergency that brought Lorelai racing home is that there are some mysterious DSL installers at Lorelai's house. So we've got ourselves an old tech alert, DSL internet. New generations finding the show for the first time will have no idea what that means. Right? Do you remember the crazy sounds that the the pre-high-speed modem would make as it connected Mm -hmm. to the internet? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It sounded like a a robot was having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) And you literally could, like they say on the show, you could... You could hook up and then walk away for like several minutes. And that's how long it would take to get connected. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah these it was. Days, and they like, have no idea. No idea. And you had to have a phone line, you know? So yes. if you only had one phone line in your house and you were on the internet, nobody could call you because yes. your phone or because your computer was using that phone line. Isn't that insane? My I was so spoiled. My parents got me my own phone line in my room so that I could. Me too. Be- internet oh my god we're both so spoiled we are oh my gosh <laughs> mm-hmm. but we didn't but we turned out good you know for being turned spoiled. out okay turned out pretty good <laughs> that that tells Lorelai that they kicked one of her beloved garden gnomes and she says gnome kicking says a lot about a man's character and she's got a point she's a 
mean? She does. And then, ooh, and then gnome stealing as well. And that, my friends, is what we call foreshadowing. <laughs> ooh. This is also our first glimpse of Sean Gunn, who plays Kirk. However, in this episode, he is Mick, and he is one of the cable installers. So I had to look into this name change, and uh, there doesn't appear to be like a specific answer as far as I could find. But the guess out there is that the creators of the show liked Sean Gunn so much, and they wanted to use him. But they wanted him for like a kookier character, of course, like Kirk. So they needed to create a new name for that persona, since Mick here doesn't really appear to have any discernible character traits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Another like fun fact about Sean Gunn there. um, I think most everybody who listens probably knows that he is also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only as I cannot think of his character's name right now, but... um, not only is the that character, but he also was the like human stand-in for Rocket, the raccoon. Um, really? So he had yeah. So he had like the motion capture suit on, and he would have to be like crouched down on his knees, like for who knows how many hours. Um, is the motion capture for Rocket? Wow, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then we find out that the DSL guys are there because Emily ordered a DSL line installed in Lorelai's house without asking her, of course. This reminds me of a Rory line from a much later on episode. Do you remember this? She says, honk if Emily Gilmore views your mind as her personal playground. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lorelai dismisses the DSL man and heads back to her car. And Babette, Babette asks her, is there a problem? And Lorelai delivers one of my favorite lines of all time. Oh, nothing Shakespeare couldn't turn into a really good play. (laughs) (laughs) And back in history class, Rory writes an apology note to Paris, who rudely crumples it up without so much as looking at it. Rory at this point has had it with this crazy lady and she decides to stand up to Paris by beating her to answering all of the teacher's questions, which we can clearly see pisses Paris off to no end. I loved that. I loved that Mm -hmm. scene right there. The class ends, and before she walks out, Paris threatens Rory by saying, stay out of my way. I will make this school a living hell for you. Like a crazy person. And then Tristan calls her Mary yet again, and she corrects him yet again. She's so over this day. Poor oh kid. my gosh. Poor thing. <laughs> Lorelai confronts Emily at the hair salon as she's sitting under one of those loud hair dryers. She informs Emily that she canceled the DSL order because they already have internet. And when Emily responds with, it's faster, Lorelai talks about how nice it is to do things while they're waiting for connection, which goes back to what we were just talking Mm -hmm. about. And again, kids have no idea what that means. Like, they pretty much have access to the internet 24-7. I know. And like, in the palm of their hands. It makes me nervous. You know, do you remember that movie? um, I think it was called WALL-E, the Disney movie. Yes. Do you remember how the people were just sitting in these things and just following a screen around everywhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's what we've become. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of sad. Oh, man. Okay. So then I think what Emily did was a nice thought, like in theory, but I feel like she should have, I don't know, discussed it with Lorelai before she sent strangers into her house. Yeah, I don't know what Emily is thinking at this point. Like, Lorelai has been her daughter for 32 years right and like she should know that Lorelai is gonna freak out over that do you remember when 
Emily breaks into Rory's dorm and redecorates everything. Yes. Yes. And then Rory goes, I don't know what she was thinking. And Lorelai goes, she was thinking Rory's life, mine, must cover with chenille. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she was thinking. Lorelai's life, mine. (laughs) Well, finally, the school day is over and both girls had crappy days. Rory tells her mom it was just one big, long, scary, tweety, bad eight hours. And Lorelai replies, add some hairspray and you've got my day. Rory also tells her mom that the guys kept calling her Mary. And Lorelai totally knows what that's all about. She says, I can't believe they still say that. Like Virgin Mary. It means they think you look like a goody goody. <laughs> she does look like a goody goody. But you know what? Everybody at that school is in the same outfit. So... What's different about her? Well, you look at like Rory and then you look at, you know, like um, Madeline and Louise and not to, you know, make assumptions about those girls, but the way she presents herself is very different than the way other girls might present themselves. I suppose so. She does have a very innocent face in this first season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does. I'm trying to think of, there's a scene later on between Paris and Rory where she says Paris says something like you know that I'm Rory don't you want to pet me face <laughs> <laughs> she does she just looks like a cute little baby <laughs> she does. so Lorelai and Rory are walking through town and Lorelai asks her what she thinks of Luke like does she think he's cute and Rory immediately picks up what Lorelai's putting down and goes, oh, no, no way. You cannot date Luke. If you date him, you'll break up and we'll never be able to eat there again. Like, how little faith does she have in her mom's ability to be in a relationship? If you date him, you'll break up. Isn't that I mean, sad? It is sad, but I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. This is true. She doesn't have the best track record. And this reminds me, actually, of um, season four when Lorelai thinks she may be dating Luke but she's not sure (laughs) and Rory says to her you can't just date Luke when you're with Luke you are with Luke and if it doesn't work out it'll be really bad for both of us that whole thing and then the whole thing happens you know do you remember with the blue and the pink ribbons and it's it's awesome (laughs) such a good episode I love that it is yeah there's so many good episodes I can't wait to like you know, keep doing more of these and talking more and more. Yeah. So I didn't realize we were already at the end. Yeah. So that's it. That's, that's this episode. Well, thanks so much for being here. You guys, we love doing this podcast and we're so grateful for our listeners. So we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share with your friends. If you have any questions or comments, if you feel like we left anything out or got anything wrong, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Gilmore Gals Pod. And we also have a Facebook page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Copper boom! Boom!